Welcome. We thank you for listening with us today. We ask that you please stow away and secure all important items. There are no emergency exits. So, just sit back, relax, fasten your earbuds, and enjoy. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Funny to Informing. Welcome to Funny to Informing, episode 145. Time to get live. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, five away from 150. Oh my God, that's right. We only have five weeks to narrow down that uh, thing we're doing for 150. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, the thing we're doing. We're going to have a cool a cool little thing for one, thing. 150. Even 145. Thing. This one's kind of special. Is it? Well, we have the... Oh, this is a good show. We're doing our first live Tuttle's 10. So that he can uh, no, like second live Tuttle's ten. Well, no, the first one was just a regular phone call. I oh, think. you're right. It wasn't a Tuttle's ten per se. You're right. It was just a catch up. Yeah, this one's going to be about like kind of relocating or moving. Uh, moving out. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a phone conversation with Naomi Bradshaw dot com. Naomi Bradshaw, as some might say, as dot you com. actually pronounce it. <laughs> dot com dot com john's been saying <laughs> naomi bradshaw all day uh it's funny yeah well and she, a singer songwriter she recently uh started putting out a blog just being totally honest about the the trauma that she dealt with as a kid and yep. the the issues that she's dealing with now as an adult yep um, anybody here locally is familiar with that name uh like a lot of our i know our personal friends and stuff that are big into radio they know her name because her of who her husband is but she's uh she is like i told her on the interview uh is a star in her own right and uh, yeah, she's a she's a gem. Oh and yeah, a super positive woman. And I mean, outside of the uh, the the Tuttle conversation and the Naomi Bradshaw, Naomi uh, Bradshaw. interview, then we have Did You Hears and uh, you know Pizza's Pick. I Pizza's think is what we're going to start. We're going to kick it off right here with Pizza's Pick this week. Yeah. So uh, oh, we're going to do the do Pizza's got? Pick. I'll get this out of the way, and then also a little quick tease to what we're going to do after this is uh, cover the uh, topic that John put on the group page. Oh, side hustles. yeah. I, pre- so, I presented a question to the group page, yeah, and I, I got some decent answers. Uh, I didn't even see the post, so I'm, 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 this is all new to me. I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, it's tax time, so we're going to remind you of that, too, but that'll be later. Uh, so what is the pizza's pick? Pizza's uh, pick I have for a drink this episode. In, I have a drink in front of me. Is what you, what you have in front of you. Uh, this comes from a listener and friend. Uh, shout out to Nurse Jan. Let's just call her that. Her name is Jan. I won't give her last name because we decided that's a no-go. Uh, but shout out to Nurse Jan for this one. Uh, and her and I helped uh, title it. Um, she gave me a picture of the ingredients. And I asked her, uh, what is all that? And she told me what was in it. It's, uh, it's a can of Lil Something Something by Lagunitas. Okay, so that's that's an IPA. It's uh, actually, it is like an IPA. It's very hoppy. Um, I think it is IPA style. But it's like an IPA on steroids. It's really like bitter and hoppy. Maybe maybe double hops. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um in addition to that, uh, she uh, you also add a shot of, uh, what was it, honey? It's supposed to be Jack honey. Jack Daniels honey flavor? Yeah, Tennessee honey whiskey. Tennessee honey, that's it. 
So you add a shot of that, as well as uh, a little, just to taste some, uh, what is it, lime juice there, John? Lime juice. Lime juice. So I, I said, oh, that sounds really interesting. Let me, you know, what do you call it? And she was like, I don't really have a name. Uh, but I was like, give me, you know, give me the exact recipe because I'm going to shout it out on the show and give you some love. It smells. Give me the idea. It smells pretty good. It smells uh, bitter and sweet. It smells like a little something, something with a little sweetness to it. I'll, I'll say it smells tolerable. <laughs> Tolerable? That's a good way to put it. I'm going to give it a <laughs> shot right here, right live on live on the show. Well, and I think what uh, what the name was going to be, because Nurse Jan was the one that helped us out, and she, uh, she wanted Jan's juice. Yeah, so we kind of went, <laughs> went over some names, and she says, I say, give me a name for it. Let's name this thing, and we'll give it a shout out. And she goes, um, Jan's juice? And before I could even come <laughs> back with, uh, are you sure about that? She goes, never mind, that doesn't sound right. Uh, and she, we, we molded over a little bit and credit to her. She really came up with the mostly, uh, we're going to call it something for my honeys. Something for my, yeah. Cause honey of the, whiskey. Uh, little something, something in the honey whiskey. Little something, something, something for my honeys. But yeah, she said to her, it tastes like a, like a Mike's hard limeade. Maybe I didn't put enough lime juice. No. In this. Okay. So what she said, tastes like sweet ass bitter beer to me. I'm going to tell you right now because I've had Mike's hard before. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know Mike's right now. Cock. Anyway, I took a picture it's, of the, the ingredients and the drinks uh, poured up, and I will put those on the group page. You guys can see what we're working with. It's strong. It is uh, pretty it, kicking. Right? Yeah. Put your dick in the dirt for sure. I'm going to finish this one and then just enjoy a delicious, regular old little something something. Taste-wise, you don't like it? Not my favorite. Really? Pizza's pick this week. Hey, it was blind going in. I didn't know what I was getting. Now I know what I got, and I'm not a huge fan. Maybe it's how I ma- made it. Maybe I made it incorrectly. Maybe I didn't make it well. Uh, too much honey, not enough honey. Too much lime, not enough lime. I'm not sure. It could be. I mean, but it's simple. Like it's it is simple. Just simple ingredients. Shot of, a shot of whiskey, some beer, and it's a little s- splash of it, lime. It's a simple recipe. I mean, but I it's not that bad. You to like me. it? It's okay. really not that well, bad. I'll pour you another one. Meanwhile, I'm going to drink a straight up little something, something. Well, I have shit to do today, so I'm not trying. To, <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. This this will definitely yeah lay you out flat. This in no way reflects upon uh, uh, Naomi Bradshaw.com's tracing trauma blog, in which she talks about her sobriety. <laughs> no. so it has nothing to do with that. This oh, is completely separate thing. Yeah, seriously, I I almost feel kind of bad because we're going to be talking to her, right. and you know we're going to be drinking beer, and she's. And, you know, beer. I don't feel bad about and it. We're not. Look, we're just saying. Look, we we drink and we enjoy ourselves. It's not necessarily in excess. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Well, no, because even with Tuttle. Okay, so like this is the first time we're going to be doing, sober too. We're yeah. going to be doing a Tuttle's Ten live. Yep. I you know Tuttle's going to be completely sober. Naomi's going to be completely sober. Yep. So we're going to be talking to both of them while we have you know these th- this weird mixed drink in front of us yeah. with some beer on well, the side. Here you go. Here's how we get through that. Don't tell them. <laughs> well, yeah. When they go back and listen, if they go back and listen, thank you for going back and listening. But uh, yeah, now you know. We we enjoyed some drinks. Let's keep that a secret. It's fine. They're not judging people, which is why I appreciate both of them. Well, yeah. And I think the limit of, you know, like doing alcohol or any type of drugs, really. Doing alcohol. It's not like doing, doing marijuana. <laughs> you guys are doing marijuana, aren't you? I knew it. <laughs> when they, any type of drugs. It's like there is uh, everything in moderation. Is right? what they say. Agreed. You know, and Agreed. I, I mean, so you can drink a little bit, but at some point, if you realize you're going too far or right. if you actually do go too far, stop yourself or kind of pump the brakes on it or, you and know. That is exactly the tipping point is knowing your limit and uh, just being able to cut it off at that point. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff uh, with this episode. So what do and, you rate this drink? 
Like oh, scale one of, to ten. Like one out of ten. Yep. Oh man, Jan, it, I love you. This Keep is that rough. in mind when I rate this drink here. I'd like a six. Oh, but you love it so much. Well, four. No, fucking four for me. <laughs> I just took a little something, something, oh, and I ruined it. <laughs> I didn't love it. I'm, I'm, I'm tolerable. Okay. of it. Yeah, you keep saying that. Well, it I'm, is. I'm, I'm tolerable too because I'm going to finish it. But after that, intolerant. Yeah. Fucking it's doable. Little sum for my honey's intolerance. Yeah, I and I think everything over a five is doable or tolerable or you can manage it. it doesn't speak so, well for your girlfriend. Well, that's why I gave it a six. <laughs> no, no, that's not why. Oh, for drinks, <laughs> not for women. My bad. Okay, let's clarify. Oh, my girlfriend's a a, a fifteen. Oh, wow. That's. Uh, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that's way out of the park there, sir. Good job. Uh, okay, and then we have um uh, just some other things before we get to these. You know, the phone conversations and the uh, the did you hears at the end. We uh, hey, take care. Thank you. Take care, Steve from Sixty Nine Fingers, one yeah. of our favorite guys from one of our favorite bands. Yeah. We have uh, yeah, Rocky's hanging out with us, and then Steve. Uh, you know, Rocky's a research guy, so that that's a given. And then uh, yeah, and then Steve uh, was hanging out here, and we Steve always appreciate that. They were all just out there touching each other's guns or something. I don't even know. Yeah, and uh, I d- I did want to remind everybody that this is. I mean, it's very soon tax time. If you haven't done your taxes or filed them yet. You better do get it, on it. Do it like right now. You're because right. Because I mean, really, when's it come up? Because I haven't filed taxes. Well, it's July in 15th. three years. <laughs> it, are you serious? Yeah. So uh, as this releases, uh, it's kind of tax time right now. You, you actually, yeah. As this releases, uh, you should have uh, done your taxes. Are now. you going to file this year? Nope. No. I mean, it's a long story. Really, I and I know I have my own podcast and I could tell the story, but nobody wants to hear that. I mean, I know, because I, I, there are people that like don't file or It's fine. I get paid. Care. I get paid to back. So it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I owe all this tax money and I don't pay it. I am missing money for the last three no. years. It's my own fault oh. and my ex-wife's fault. Yeah, it's like, a little bit of both. Like for me, I know I have to file because I'm going to get money. You right. Know, I, me too. I, so I receive. Well, I'm not going to file, but- other if you're that, gonna get money, get money, why wouldn't you file? That's because what I, I can't. Again, I again, I just told you it was a long story. It really is long and boring. Yeah, don't go into it. I'm I sorry. I'm telling you, it's so <laughs> it's it's tax related, so it's not enthralling. Yeah, but I mean, like just knowing you're going to get money back, like to me, that's incentive enough to yeah. like take I care don't, of. Don't, I want I want to. I just can't. COVID has affected me filing. Yeah, I'll put it like that. Okay. Uh, did you did you end up getting a stimulus check? I did not because I haven't because filed taxes the, in three years. Yeah, because that that was like one of the stipulations was yeah. you had to have. Uh huh. They yeah, were looking at your tax return. Yeah, yeah, to find you. Well, I tried to go online. They even put out this thing where you could go to the IRS website and and claim that you're someone who does not file taxes because you don't quote unquote don't make enough money or for whatever reason you haven't filed taxes. Right? It was like a hey, give me the stimulus even though I didn't file taxes thing. Right? Part of it is at the very end of it all. It, it links you to the IRS site portion to file your taxes. So you fill out all this bullshit saying, <laughs> here's why I didn't file taxes. And then it goes, okay, well, cool. File your taxes and then we'll process all this. And I'm like, I can't file my taxes because I need a code number from the IRS that I can't get because I can't do it electronically. I only can do paper filing and you guys are shut down because of COVID and I can't file. So I can't get a stimulus. There's the long story. Put it in a nutshell. That, that, that actually does make a lot of sense. It's not not, not bad. And I know- It's like, a real pain in the ass. Yeah, though, I'll tell and, you that. And I mean- I've I've been filing my taxes and I did this year, but I mean it, they moved it back a little bit because of all the circumstances. Of so hopefully, maybe so, that means the IRS is going to be open as as of July fifteenth, and then hopefully I can go to actually call the IRS or write them whatever I have to do. I have to do some physical thing. I cannot do anything electronically. 
That's what the whole gist of it is, is that my uh, my identity has been has been compromised. So now every year to file taxes, I have to get this fucking four digit pen directly from them. They won't give it to me over the phone. They won't give it to me over the fucking over the internet. They have to mail me physical paperwork with the four digit pen number on it. I have to then put in that pen number to file my taxes. At this point, I can only do it through paper filing. They close down paper filing until COVID is over. So hopefully, this means July fifteenth, since that's the deadline, I can fucking do some paper filing and maybe file my three years of taxes that I need to file. And it's amazing that that's the process when like... That's, it's a catch-22, which yeah. is why I haven't filed it. One thing is holding me up from doing the other, but I need both. Right. I would love a tax return and to, and to and file my taxes for the last three years, as well as the stimulus, but I can't because of one thing and then that hamstrings me from doing another. What's, cra- pain in the ass. What's crazy is that there's some... Impor- Government, go figure. There's some important things that are, that are out there or like information that you could be vulnerable to where they say, oh, yeah, just give us your phone number and we'll text you the security code to type in. Oh, I've been dealing with that a lot approval. lately. Yeah. You know, and then they like te- with Amazon and shit, they do that a lot. Yeah. I mean, what they call the OTP one-time password. Yeah. I uh, And uh, before we get to all of these other... Well, like, there's so much to get to. Well, not oh really. God, there's not a non-stop. lot to get to, but there was so much to get to. And with all of our phone interviews that we have this week, we had to cut some out of the show. So without giving away the farm, we just wanted to tell you guys that uh, coming up on next week's show, we had to push some of these segments onto next week's show. So we already have some great ideas lined up for next week. And we are not doing video because of those. Uh, we meant to get to that at the top, but we're not doing video this week because of the extended phone interviews. And we felt like, who wants to just watch us talk on a phone? That's yeah. boring as shit, well, right? This is going to be a longer episode, so, so I mean, it's- we cut some bits, and we're not doing video. But next week, we're back live with video. We've got some really good live stuff lined up. Um, one of us, let's just say, somebody on the show—I don't know—me, John, Rocky, one of us—is getting something stuck in their nose hole. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're going to exactly. say. Exactly, and uh, we will get back on it by next week. And so I presented. Rocky a, said he's down to get I, things in his nose hole. Just oh, saying in the background. Mm, we, we, we he likes a, it in the nose hole. Was we, his quote. We have a subject. Brilliant. Uh, there, there was something that I presented to the group page. Uh, you know, Facebook or Instagram dot com slash funny to informing. Uh, Instagram is kind of more for the photos. The Facebook, you know, group yep. page and the business page are to to follow the you know conversations that go on and yeah, you get some more absolutely some more uh, interactivity on the Facebook page. I would say. And well, some more just like really kind of like uh what like on the story we post a little bit on the story on ig and we do a little bit of uh like a lot of our shows you know like links to our shows yeah so. well and sometimes we refer to it you know as, as a as a way to get information and i presented sure. a, i presented a question today it says what are some good freelance side hustles side hustle yeah and and i mean podcasting is one you know like this would be considered a freelance side hustle we're our own mm, bosses yes we it's are a, it's a freelance side job or not even side job you get paid at jobs it's a side uh, charity costs us money at well, this point well, <laughs> with the hopes that one day you can make a little f- scratch from this so are you, are you careful to not pick the word hustle like is hustle not the way to go? Like, well, because not for the way me, to say it. A side hustle. No, this is a hobby. A hobby and a hustle are different things. Hustles make you money, but at this point, this thing is not making us any money. That's it's a costing good point. us money. So, um, I wouldn't call it a side hustle. Although the plan is down the eventually for it to be a side hustle for sure. Like, if I could offset my income, if I could do this and dedicate, you know. 
I don't know, 20, 30 hours a week to recording and researching and just, you know, putting actual effort into this, which I have been doing a lot more of lately, and then cut down my actual physical work in a kitchen or whatever, work outside well, a yard as John does, whatever it is. But then cut I, that back to 20, 30 hours a week and then offset between the two of them, you know, and, and make a little income for, for the man and then make a little income for myself. Well, and that, that would be ideal. So, like, where's the line, though, of like when, when it becomes your main hustle? You know, like, so it's your side hustle until... I would say, okay, in all honesty, I'm not even going to bullshit. With where it is right now, with my schedule being cut back uh, drastically like it has been at work with COVID and everything else, podcasting would be my current main hustle. I put more time into this than I do anything else in my life. That's a good way. I mean, yeah. It really is. I I mean, with the hopes, again, that one day it will make some type of money. Okay. Whether that sustains me or not. Ideally, I mean, shit, if we're just going to go on wishes and dreams, yes, I fucking podcast or radio broadcast for a living full time, and that's my gig. Yes. But it's not there yet. Maybe it one day can be. Well, and there's a real passion there. I mean, I feel like for some people, it's just like an audio diary. And then, like, and then there's people like us that like to actually entertain. Uh, you know, whoever's listening, yes. and, and then try to present stories, and then make them fun in a certain yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so try to yeah. put some entertaining spin on right. what the fuck's going on in in the world, and also our lives. That's yeah. our, that's our show, guys. So, and then podcasting was one of the answers. So okay. I asked, what are some good freelancing side hustles? Uh, Peter Von Taborski, Scotch and Good Conversation, Dinner and Good Conversation. That guy makes money off of his podcast. We he knows side hustles. Love those shows. He's good at what yep. he does. He is great at what uh, he does. We love Peter. Huge Peter. interviews yeah. over there, guys. So he said that, you know, podcasting is a good side hustle, <laughs> uh, which is. Yep. Um, Rob said, Pimpin' ain't easy. I was going to say, somebody had to say Pimpin'. It, yeah. it butter have been Rob. And uh, uh, Geo, uh, somebody who did my very, very first logo when I first started the oh, show. Oh, the old uh, green background, right? Yeah. The John Pearl Jam shirt? He said, oh, man, uh, that was a classic logo. He said, there's a lot of side hustles, but it depends on your actual skills, which it, which is, we already just talked about that a little bit. Well, you know? yeah, if you can't suck dick, don't be a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just an idea. Kyle, just a thought. Kyle says, online tutoring. Which is brilliant if you know if what you, you're talking great about. Great work if you can get it, so to speak. Meaning, again, if you ain't smart, don't be tutoring. Yeah. Uh, indie music radio DJ from Jen. What is that? Indie? Indie music radio Why it DJ. Why be indie? Uh, Why can't it be fucking big budget, woman? Well, you think Jay-Z... I can do top 40? <laughs> yeah. Don't hate on me! You think those heavy hitters uh, care about getting played on? Look, I'll hit the post, and I'll be... And you won't even have to do any drops. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just doing radio lingo. Uh, My bumpers it, are the best. And I knew some of these answers were going uh, to come in. Of course. Uh, Joe said, selling cocaine and pussy. Joe said that first time he ever <laughs> fucking interacted in our group, and that's what he says. Uh, Thanks, Joe, guys. You don't listen to this show, but if you do... we. We appreciate your participation. Uh, Christopher said, mess sales are really kicking ass right now. Truth. Almost 100% markup with virtual no overhead. I mean, and you know the spots where it's made right down the street. He's probably not lying. From your house. Yeah. Where all the meth labs blow up. <laughs> and this was the most uh, informative. Okay, and this I, was really informing. Thank you. Shout out to CD. John told me about this one, and I was like, I hadn't even seen this post, but that sounds pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, good on you, Carl. Uh, he said, if you are a semi-expert in anything... Google Which, G- GLG Consulting Services. I set my rate for $500 an hour. I get one to two requests per month to talk on a phone and give advice to people who know nothing and want to start a project slash business. So it sounds kind of like consulting or whatever. Yeah. It's what it sounds like. That's crazy though. Like, so I, and it's funny if you are, what is it? How does he start it? What's the first sentence? If you are 
a semi-expert in anything. I am a semi-expert in a lot of things. I am like only an expert in probably one thing, and that's pizza making. So I could probably, I don't know if that's if there's a market for that on this GLG page. Oh, yeah. But and I'm I, on there, and I'm going to fucking throw my hat in the ring. And I hope people listening can sit there and say, oh, yeah, like I, I am definitely like seriously knowledgeable in this subject or right. that subject. Right. And, and can actually like take this and, and run with it. And he, he says, I set my rate for $500 an hour. I get about one to two requests per month to talk on the phone and give advice to people who know nothing about starting a project slash business. It is international as well. So you could be talking to other No, it is international because when I logged in here, it asked, uh, you know, where are you at? And it didn't even give me the U.S. as an option. It was literally the Americas. Yeah. Americas, spanning from fucking Canada all the way down to the bottom of fucking South America. I bet you, so he's done probably international as well. I'm sure. And he says, so there are a lot of opportunities. He said, totally legit, uh, professional, and the more you accept the money, or the more you accept, the more they reach out to you. Okay. I've, been, I've been doing it for about five years, and I always get paid really quickly. Wow. Boom. And you just, I guess, set your rate, and if you're not getting hits at that rate, maybe you drop it. You know what I mean? You just yeah. got to find what that what that balance is, And I, I mean, presume. in layman's terms, to well, go to what Kyle said, online tutoring. Online tutoring? That's what it is. I mean, you're-, you're Kind of, yeah, you're tutoring what you know, as a, which is exactly what it is. Yeah, that's what I'm like. If you're not smart, you probably can't tutor, but you might be smart in something other than book learning. Or word reading, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> Word, yeah. Wordification. Exactly, yeah. Uh, precisely. So we have um, the Tuttle's 10 that we're going to do live. Yeah, we're going to give Tuttle a call here right after this. And then we have Naomi Bradshaw that we're going to call so after we're, that. We're going to talk to Tuttle. We're going to go to break because we always go to break after Tuttle. Everyone needs a break after Tuttle. Hit the reset button. Hit the reset button. Come back. Do some serious calling with some Naomi Bradshaws. And then we're going to f- wrap up with some did you hears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good way to to. to to spend the 145 um this is that episode number <laughs> funny it is. to informing that uh, is it i'm john that's chris pizza Pizzaberg coleman is. and where the fuck am count I? it down one two three four five six seven eight nine it's 10 minutes with total Greetings and welcome, Tuttle. Hey, what's up, guys? How hey. are you? Hey, buddy. How you doing, Tuds? Wonderful. Um, I was uh, cooking. I've been doing a lot of cooking lately uh, because I'm eating healthy now. You know, I take things way overboard. And I, you know, I, I've become addicted to eating healthy and working out now. And I know that sounds really nerdy as fuck, but it's way better than what I used to do. No, that's good. That's not anything that I, you know, want to do right now or could end up doing. So I mean, that's that's kind of admirable, actually. And we were talking. Also, you're live on episode 145, sir. My my bad. We should oh, to tell wow. you that right away. Two party consent. Two party consent. Yeah, oh, come on. Like I, you know, I mean, if you guys had a lot of money, I might come back and sue you later. <laughs> but you know, we, got, we got nothing. It might, it, yeah. So uh, what's going on with you guys? You know, I I feel like. You guys have been busy. I feel like, you know, I mean, what's going on with you guys? Well, okay, it's funny that you mention uh, that you feel like a nerd because you are uh, you are focusing your addictions on uh, healthier living, so to speak. 
Um, because oh, I, I'm a nerd either way. Well, exactly. But you're you're honing your like I said, you're focusing in your nerd your nerd laser on that right now. And I I, yeah. I don't I don't I do not uh, I don't look down on you for that, sir. I am uh, as I am about to move into a new place, and I'm gonna try to use that. I'm hoping to use that as like a catalyst to live a little bit healthier myself. Like I haven't cooked a meal in a house in years. Uh, I'm gonna have you know a new place with a decent kitchen, and I'm feeling like uh, maybe I go I, I'll go buy a grocery for the first time in three years and use my kitchen right. and cook some of the groceries. And uh, you know why not do it a little more healthy instead of this. Uh, crap to go food I eat all the time. See, it could be a lot of the CTE and concussions I've had and maybe I don't remember. But like what is your like what are the both of yours dating situation like right now? Like uh, girlfriends? Yeah, fiancés, yeah. Wife? I uh, I've had a girlfriend for now uh, five going on six years. Um so yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm happy, you know, and I I love my situation. But uh, yeah, so yeah. And, but are you saying that because she listens to every podcast? No, no. John's girl does not I'm listen at all. Joking. She doesn't care. <laughs> my, my, my girl hates. Like John she does is, not listen at all. John is all about his girl. Every week when we record, uh, we get here, we set up, and we're like, all right, we're gonna hang out. What do, you know, we got time. And and John's like, everybody's like, yeah, well, I'm fucking wide open. Let's just do whatever. And then John's like, yeah, I got a couple hours, but then I got to get to Sam. And it's not because Sam's cracking yeah. the whip. That's John's. That's John's choice. And you know what? I, yeah, uh, I good for him. It, it, it usually is the ones, the manly guys, the guys that have a lot of testosterone, are the ones that are completely pussy whipped. And then it's the ones, the quiet ones, the nerds that are like, oh, yeah, fuck her. I got a big nerd dick. Fuck her. She wants this. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Uh, well, we can't. We all can't be Dr. Nerdcock, can we? <laughs> I, yeah, well, I will get it worked out. But, yeah, so now you're moving. I am. And I'm glad, you know, can, can I tell you? Please. I would have definitely stopped doing this this feature if you would have asked me to move. That that right there, if you ask anybody <laughs> to move, that person does not care about your friendship at all. It, like, that's not your friend. It's not your friend. If you ask somebody to move, you don't consider that person a, a friend. You, you, I mean, you're a complete asshole. You're a dick, and you don't give a fuck about the friendship. <laughs> it is a very personal thing, and a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of uh, comedy motifs in the past have kind of, uh, you know, it's been a trope used, uh, you know, like, how close are we? You know, I've only known the guy a month, and he's asking me to help him move, you know? Like, I've definitely no, seen it no, a no, bunch I, of different ways. No, no, don't try to corner me in and try to make me think I'm some hack. That's stealing jokes. No, I literally fucking will hate you if you ask me to help you move. Like, no, that's I'm, a deal breaker. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, nor am I calling you a hack, sir. I'm just saying it's a, it's, it's a trope in that uh, it's a real thing. Like, it's, it's definitely pulled well, from real life. That's why it's a trope oh, that's been used. And guess what? You know, you buying me a shitty pizza from Little Caesars <laughs> is not going to be payment. You know, because you get that shit, pizza. I don't even know if they still do that. Does Little Caesar still do the pizza pizza deal where you buy one, you get one free? Because I know when I was growing up, Little Caesars was buy one, get one. And that's how I knew that shit 
was at the low end of the run when it comes to the uh, pizza hierarchy. <laughs> I won't disagree with you. Uh, John, is it still? I don't think it's buy one, get one free anymore. No, I don't think it's buy one, get one. They have the hot and ready's that are $5. But that's it. They're like five do- five bucks, though, Tuttle. They're like five for cheese and eight for pepperoni or some shit like that. And they're like supposed to be ready when you get there. That's their, that's their niche Okay, now. but why is that always the offer for people who are helping? Uh, pizza and beer, right? For, for When you're relocating to another house, people yeah. are always, I have pizza and beer. Yeah. That's not enough. Uh, you're right. Like uh, it's way cheaper than hiring a moving curve company. Yeah, my my friend in the early 2000s in Orlando, the the going thing somebody moved was uh, ecstasy and cocaine. Um, so <laughs> oh, shit, that'll get the job done quickly, and everyone will be I'm happy dead. while they do it. You'll rub on each yes, other. Yes, and and then then I discovered, uh, you know. Uh, amphetamine salts, which is a legal mess, which is called Adderall. You know, I mean, that right there gets you working even faster than the uh, street-level cocaine or meth. It's that uh, top dollar, high produced shit. Yeah, from the company. Yeah, of course, it's yeah. better. As a matter no. of fact, my moving day's coming up. Uh, Tuds, I'm going to run out there and grab some Adderalls from you, bro. Get this shit knocked this? out. No, no, no. I would rather... I'm not going to pay for a full moving company for you. I mean, I'll pay for the truck. I'm going for the smallest U-Haul truck. <laughs> I mean, you can make a, you can make a bunch of trips, but I ain't buying the big one to save you, you know, travel time. Shit. Well, and, hey, it's and, the mileage and, that costs money, though, Tuttle. You got to be smart about it. No. No, but get this, though. I got to fix for all that. Okay. I know growing up and working in radio in Orlando, you go to the church's chicken on Orange Blossom Trail near the Citrus Bowl. Holy shit, that's you where I'm moving. The, well, not not Church's Chicken, the, but near there. <laughs> you you don't even have to get out. You just stick your hand out the window, beat the roof of the top of your car, right. and the Spanish people will fight to get into the car. Now, there might <laughs> be a straight up there might be a straight up Michael Jackson thriller fight. You know, they're going to knife fight with each other. <laughs> yeah, but, like the zombies. I mean, you're no. Yeah, you know you're not. Well, yeah. I mean, no, beat it, beat it. I, see, oh, you know when yeah. I said thriller, you said zombie. Yeah. I'm talking, uh, you know, beat it, where the guys have got their hands tied together and yeah. they're knife fighting. Those are but actual, like, thing, those are actual, like, New York City gangsters at the time. But the thing is, is whoever wins that knife fight, you know, is the more superior person. They're going to be able to move way more boxes for you. You're right. They're the winner and the loser at the same time. <laughs> We're looking for moving and, hacks. This is good. And, and if you want me to be just honest, people don't ask other people to move to help them. It's kind of like a big dick measuring contest where, you know, hey, I want you to come over to my house and see what I have and you don't have. And you're going to be able to make me move all of my prized possessions from one place to another. And if you accidentally happen to damage something, oh, I'm gonna. You're never gonna hear the end of it. Oh no, yeah. And I always hate like this is why I never own a truck or I never will own a truck is because if you own one, yeah. you oh, are buddy. the go-to guy for all your friends to be like, oh, can I use your truck to move this and that and the other? No, no, no. Using your truck to move it is one thing. Uh, can you come over? You know, like, and they try to enlist your help as well. That's where it gets like, oh, I would rather just give you the keys and say, be careful with her. <laughs> But I mean, if we're being honest, though, guys, we've we've all lived in uh, Florida for quite a while. Has 
you know, owning a car stopped anybody from moving an oversized mattress anywhere? <laughs> Hell no. You nope. hold that shit on top of the car while you're driving. Hell, <laughs> one of the most dangerous things I ever did was buying a king-size mattress and sitting in the back of a truck because it was fitting over the side. So they wanted to <sighs> use my weight to hold the mattress down. That shit caught some air. I almost went flying out the back of it. <laughs> oh my god! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Moving is sometimes like really, it's 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 a thrill. It, it can be very scary at times. Oh. oh, and you got to you got to pull the stereotypical Florida move, especially on I four. If anything falls out the back of your pickup truck, you ignore it and keep driving, no matter how many people destroy it, run over it, accidents is caused. <laughs> You just keep driving. How, how often have you moved, Tuttle? Like in in your experience of moving? Oh, not not many times. I'm like a uh, I'm like a hobo. I'm like a grifter. I usually uh, have stayed on people's couches. Oh, for so most of the time. So you since like, I've gotten divorced, yeah. You, so you like travel lightly for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I need to get out quickly. I don't leave nope. anything that it, that can identify me at all. <laughs> Dude, Except for your DNA all over that towel, you fucking. I was gonna say what's no, no. What scandalous no, thing no, are you doing? I, no, I. That's why I masturbate with bleach. It kills every bit of the semen that comes out of my penis. Uh, so none of that DNA is usable. Beautiful, as well as the feelings on your dick as you bleach your feelings away. Just to, and then they oh, match. Yeah. Then they match your feelings on the inside. Bleached away. I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Da Vinci Code, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that that little monk in that movie, my dick and his dick could be twins because of the bleach. It's straight up Michael Jackson dick. Oh, I thought you were going to reference the guy who like flailed himself in penance. Oh yeah, that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Tuttle's, Tuttle's a self-hating guy. I knew it. He wants to flail himself. We knew it. Yeah, we I, knew it. Do you uh like as we um like kind of wrap up the 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 10 minutes here, do you have any like Oh, I um, guess I I guess I'm not doing shit. You're already kicking me off. No, not already. You no, know, I said we, no, no, no. That's fine, dude. What? I mean, come on, guys. No, come on, Tuds. What else you got, what? man? Did you come? Did you come? Both barrels loaded. I, I I need your best advice for moving. Like, what what is like the number one thing that people should pay attention to, or what what do you think that uh, stands out to you about okay. moving? That like people okay. the way to do it the best or easiest. All right, people collect too much junk. They hold on to everything. Are you moving from an apartment to a house? What are you doing? Well, I've okay. It's a weird. It's a it's a long backstory, but I essentially I'm moving uh, a couple. I've been ha- I've had shit in storage for like three years, so I'm yeah. finally going to because I've been kind of like you, Tuttle. I've been living lightly. I've been like kind of renting rooms right. here and there. Stop and so right I'm, there. I'm pulling Stop stuff right from there. the storage, trying, going to a house. I'm trying to save you some money here. How valuable is the stuff in the storage unit? So shitty, bro. It's just all I got. All right. Now, do you care if you lose it or not? Because, you know, all that back payment or next month's rent that you maybe have to pay, let it go to auction and you can get it way cheaper. It's like gambling. It really is like a white trash gambling that, you know, you get a little bit of a thrill out of it. Yeah, the, the stuff in there is shitty, but I might get it for a lower price. 
and I won't have to pay the full next month's rent. Wow, that's, man, nope. I wish I had thought about that because I pay it at the beginning of the month and I just paid it for the last month. And honestly, had I not paid it, it would have been about two weeks out right now and it would have been auction time. That's a great point about that. I, I, I never would have thought about that angle. That's not a terrible angle if you I, just want to roll the dice on your stuff. I never paid my storage unit after my divorce until it went to auction. And I pretty much hung on to it for about a year and a half by winning it back in auction. <laughs> well, I mean, and and was I it... was able to get three, I was going to get three or four months worth of rent off of one month. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it drives up the stress level in your life, yeah. but you know, yeah. I mean, I saved some money. That's fine. And, it, and at the back end, it shortens your life that, uh, that added stress. So it just makes this uh yeah. shitty roll around this marble, even, but, even less time. It's great. But, but back to your moving, the best advice I can give you is, you need to disconnect with the stuff you don't need anymore. That's why I was asking if you had a security deposit or anything, because whatever you don't need, just fucking leave it there. I've seen that show Hoarders. Just leave it. Yeah, that, that show Hoarders, like, uh, that traumatized me out of keeping any fucking shit or trash or garbage or things that I don't even really care about. So it I, horrified you, but you don't take, you forget it as soon as you get in your car. Well, my car's <laughs> John a gets in his car and he's like, Hoarders in my car. <laughs> <laughs> my car's messy, but that's the only part. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how you got to look at it, man. You got to downsize a little bit. Tuttle, I, I, yeah. Look, we're the same age. I've done this a lot, and I definitely have had a lot of moves. I, you know what? I have experienced almost every level of move that you're describing here. I've had the moves where I was like, "Hey, uh, help me move. Uh, look at my cool shit. Look at this new big screen I got." Blah blah blah. I'll give you a pizza and beer. And then, yep. And then I've had the moves uh, like this one where I'm like, uh, uh, "Please, uh, please don't look at my sh- my dusty fucking storage unit full of shit, and uh, don't judge me." Uh, please, sir. And the guy is not judging me because he's my roommate and he is going to be sitting on my couch and watching my TV and all of the above. So he's just happy to have some, uh, some shit in the living room. So I know I'm not going to get judged. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm saying is don't stress out about it. I mean, when do you got to be out by? Are you leaving this until the very last minute? Um. Well, no, no, no. I no. That's another thing. Do not wait until the last minute to start packing up your shit. Like, start to do it a little by little. And because I just recently moved from my most recent place, and I've been staying with my girl in her place for since right at the pandemic, beginning of April. So for like three months. Uh, no, 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 I didn't, but I moved with then her. Then why are you moving out of your chick's place? Because it was never for, we were never really to live together anyway. I was just, I, I couldn't find a place by the time my, my previous lease expired and then COVID happened. Mm. So there was like no renting of anything for that first beginning at April. And uh, so I was kind of, it was just a move of convenience. I just stayed with her for a little while. She was super, super awesome to offer it and give me that space. And, but it was always known that I was, I, I have to have my own place. Like, that's just, that's just how it is. Dude, she's got, there's too many people in that place. It's not, nothing against her. There's, she just, there's a lot of people in the house and there's no, there's literally no space for me aside from Well, a month can I two. ask why she, why is she not moving in with you? Uh, oh, because that's a, that's because she because she lives with her kids and no, she's not moving out from dodge her. Dodge the from, question! I, God damn it! You sound like a fucking senator. <laughs> okay, well, I hope it's. <laughs> I just hope it's not uh, like Rubio or some piece of shit or Voldemort. God forbid. But uh, no. So, wh- I mean, how am I dodging the question? Why are you living with your chick? Be- why are you not living with your chick? I don't live in her place because her place is too small, and she doesn't. They she doesn't live with me because she lives at home with her kids. So what you're saying is that 
this isn't a long-term thing because you can't date a woman that has kids. No, I've dated plenty of women that, or women that have kids. But, but I, then why aren't you moving in with her? Then this is the perfect opportunity. Th- uh, no, Tuttle, you, dude, the situation well, there, don't there's stutter. two. Don't stutter. I'm not. I'm literally, <laughs> there's more heads than there are beds. So because of that, the only reason I could stay there is because I sleep in the bed with her. If there, if I needed any extra space, I'd literally be on the floor. Now, how, like, is it kind of like, do the kids like call you dad at all? Or no, I, see, I, I and that's, I'm not overstepping any boundaries. No, you're, no, you're totally, no, no, you're totally not overstepping any at all. And uh, I'll be honest, they don't call me dad. They, they live with their dad. So I'm in no way, shape or form, any kind of a father figure. I am their mother's how boyfriend. Is that, how is that relationship with the dad though? Like, do you he's, get along with him? He's a fucking awesome dude. He's one of the nicest dudes I've ever known in my entire life. No shit. Do you guys swap sex stories? Nope. Oh, Never God have. I would. I would. Mm, no, I don't want to hear it. See, you, that's I don't want to hear that shit. You fucking weirdo, Tuttle. <laughs> yeah, I knew see, you were gonna say some I don't weird wanna, shit. Yeah, I know. I've, I've I know I'm Eskimo brothers with several dudes, but like I don't want to know about that. I, I know I am, but that's just that's life. Now, have you and John ever like you know finger cuffed a girl? No, because John. Uh, since I've known John, he's been with his woman, and I think I've been with mine. Yeah, yeah we've been we, with. Now women. let me ask you though. Yeah. Let me ask you, though. I mean, like, or do you have, like, you know, you're cool with John, but, like, you know, what if John and you were, like, you know, what if John came to you, Chris, and was like, hey, uh, Chris, you know, I think we need to take our podcast to the next level. Yes, we have a great chemistry on the air, but I think our chemistry could be taken to the next level, and... I, you know, I, I want to share with you. I mean, would you be down, Chris? I mean, come on, man. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wait, too, too soon, John? Too quick? My bad. No, <laughs> Did no. I jump on that? Yeah. Did I jump on that no. too quickly? All in. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, boom. We're So we're swapping. No, yeah. I mean, All right. I, don't think I think, you want me to be honest? I think that is the only thing that's missing <laughs> in this show <laughs> is that if you guys swap, I mean, for real, it would be a great bit. Even I'm not even talking about sex, but I mean, if you really want to, you know, get some material out of this, if you guys let each other's spouse live with each other, even just for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... I, there, oh, yeah. I don't then know. we'll be more thankful for what we have. It's one of those, right? Like, oh, man, she's terrible. I like my girl. Oh, and there's a resolution at the end. Yep. And you come to this epiphany. That's right. It all amazing. comes around in the end of the th- at 21 minutes to cut to a lot for commercial time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that exactly. I mean, if, if you're paying me a handsome amount to be on like a reality TV show, then maybe yeah, I'd give but- it a shot. But you don't think that would be a great, even if it was just for 24 hours that you guys lived with each other's chick and, 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 and see what type, see how it may go. And none of it's going to be live. I mean, if it's a complete disaster and you guys don't want to play it on the air, I mean, you don't have to play it. But I mean, it could be some fucking gold. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I'm with you, Tuttle. And you know what? Fuck not going live. We're going to do it. And uh, we're we're going to just swap, quote unquote, swap wives and bang it out. I'm not and talking then, about and, 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 and we're going to FaceTime you so you can watch. No, I just, you want me to be honest? Was your idea. You want me to be honest? You want me to be honest? I just want to see John uncomfortable having to deal with younger kids around. Because I feel like he's the type of guy... That gets uncomfortable because me and John have a lot in common. 
And I freak out around kids when nobody else is around because I feel like kids are trying to trap me into, you know, cornering me into being a pedophile, you know, because kids like to lie. Bro, okay. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You, actually, yeah. You All right, you get me. Do you you're work you're for, getting me a little bit. Yeah, do you work for Wayfair? Anyways, neither here nor no, there. No, I'm just, I'm just saying I don't like to be alone with minors when no other adult is around because kids nowadays are just cocksuckers and they want to put you being a pedophile on you. And I don't even want to take that chance. Yeah, especially if they're savvy and they know, you know, they're like, oh, don't, don't fuck with me or I'll just tell mommy you diddled me. Oh, and guess what? I, you know what even makes me way more nervous is a young kid that's a minority because that creeps me out even more. You're going to be labeled as a racist and a pedophile. Jesus Christ, Tuttle, you're you're really covering all all bases here, buddy. <laughs> My God, as usual, hey, another so great Tuttle's ten, man. You guys can edit all this out. I'm sorry, I know, and I don't blame you if you if you don't want to be around me anymore. I'm like a fucking radio leper. No, we have Not to get together, leopard. dude. You were a radio leper when we came crawling to you, buddy. We're 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 leper we're leper fans. We, we, Hashtag we, leper yeah. fans. I, I do want to get together. The soon. three of us, and, the and, three of us together, our dicks can fall off all together. You know, <laughs> the leprosy when it when it fully hits, when our cocks fall off, we could just be eunuchs together. Yeah, well, and tell us just like real quick about your your show that you do. You know, we're we're interviewing somebody actually on the back half of this show, uh, Naomi Bradshaw, who you just recently talked I, to. Thanks to you, buddy. Never heard of her. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, she she said that you gave us uh, you gave us high praise, and uh, that's why she yeah, interviewed with us. Of course, so we appreciate of course. it. Course. And I had a great time interviewing her, and you guys as well. You you guys will have a great time interviewing her as well. She's very personable. And, and very easy to talk to. So you guys should just go into the interview being as relaxed as possible. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited to talk to her. But anyways, Tuttles, thank you for, you know, coming on and giving us a 10 minutes that's actually like recorded live. You know, and again, this is the most interactive Tuttles 10 we've had up to this point. Yeah, I love the uh, the phone caller Tuttles 10. Uh, that, the last one we did, uh, we got some feedback on and people liked it. So people like it. I am glad that I'm able to have this little bit of real estate on the second biggest podcast in all of Florida. Like, seriously, like, I, I'm i grateful. Like, I know you guys can dump me at any time. Oh, stop I'm, it. I know, no, right? No, You're a sweet I'm man. Thank you, no, no, I'm blushing. No. no, I'm just being serious. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, I would have no pull when it comes to, you know, Florida audio content because nobody heard of me before I started doing your show. And I thank you guys. Well, I, you know, I think you're embellishing a little bit, but we definitely appreciate the compliment. Absolutely, man. We're going to take it. But uh, yeah, dude, come on. Everybody knows Tuttle. That's why we came. That's why we jumped on the old leper train with you, buddy. Yeah. So Tuttle Daily Podcast, 315live.com. And um, how else do they find you? Uh, just search the Tuttle Daily Podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Very easy to find. Yeah, and uh, two at- D's, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, uh, at Tuttle T U D D L E uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. You can find it real easy. Tuttle, we thank you for for being on, man. All right, love you, John. Love you, Chris. Love See you ya. too, brother. Talk right. to you in a couple days. Well, we'll send you another topic and get you on next week. Thanks, bud. All right. 
Uh, cool. So we uh, got some some relocating or moving tips from yeah, Tuttle. We did. We got that and then some. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is a giver, a caring nurturer. Some extra content, if you will. Yes, I mean, sir. Yes, sir. People could see it as a bonus. People could see it as That's just that's what you get with Tuttle, man. I yeah. love that guy, man. That's why we have him on. No, uh, very good. So we are about to go to break, and you know, like we were telling Tuttle, and like we've been explaining to you guys, we have a interview with Naomi Bradshaw dot com that we're going to be Naomi Bradshaw dot com Naomi Bradshaw dot com yeah uh, we're going to be talking about the blog that she just recently started yeah that's our main purpose but we're going to probably try we obviously get some uh, history on her life and things like that yeah so. yeah G- good singer you know and yeah. uh, songwriter so uh, beautiful yeah. singer we're we're going to talk to her after this little song what song are we going to we're going away to it's a Another good mashup. I thought it was topical. It's uh, Eminem and Billy Joel, not Billy Joe from Green Day. Billy Joel. It's called Moving Out My Closet. Oh, I like it. Okay. Episode 145, Funny to Informing.
Welcome back to episode 145 of Funny to Informing. I'm John. That's Chris Pizza Peisenberg Coleman. It is me. And uh, now we have on the phone with us, we kind of teased it a little bit. We did while we talked to Tuttle. Yeah, we but have, we're not alone. Yeah, no. We have a, a she was a, a, a singer songwriter. She's done like um, the national anthem at MLS competitions and stuff. I think the most recently was what? Last season? I was there that night. It was, that was one of the, by the way, Naomi, one of the best uh, renditions I've, I've ever seen of the national anthem. You killed it that oh. night. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, so you played in front of you know huge audiences, and then now you have this new blog that's coming out, uh, tracingtrauma.com, t r a c i n g t r a u m a dot com, and um, you know it's a blog about you kind of just being totally honest and opening up completely about your personal life, uh, more or less. And uh, Naomi Bradshaw dot com. Thank you for for joining us. Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me. How's it going? We're doing well. We're doing great. The weather is beautiful today. It's just super humid, and I don't know about where what part of town you're in, but uh, over here it's, it keeps uh, raining off and on with the with the sun out. It's really odd. That's yeah, too much of a sauna effect for me, so I am staying inside. <laughs> exactly, exactly the impression we got when we stepped outside and it was raining and, and hot as no, hot as Hades. <laughs> yeah, so um, we uh, we wanted to ask you about like you know kind of your career you know when you first started and I mean I know that you're a singer songwriter a, a little bit but I so do you have original songs that you sing or <laughs> yes I do um, and they will make much more sense now I wrote a, a album of songs with my friend Guy Walker who's a guitar player around town who also played with the Backstreet Boys and. That was a group that was closely affiliated with Orlando and everything. And so Guy and I got together and made a CD. But back then, I was like crazy tequila rock and roll girl. And I'm singing these songs about, hey there, aren't you one of the walking wounded? You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because I am too. And, and people are like, well, she's hot, but what is she singing about? You know, it didn't really make sense because I had created this persona to get me through life and she didn't want to really talk about all that bad stuff you know she just wanted to party and have a good time you know so yeah, well that's that seems to be the way you know stuff down the real feelings and just uh yeah cover them up with uh with other things whatever that vice may be well and i feel like I, if yeah. it comes off confusing for people you know sometimes it's the confusion that kind of has a lure for people you know they want to interpret it or you know try to figure it out or decipher it as best they can so it's kind of good sometimes to be a little chaotic and confusing as long as you can control it you know what i mean well unfortunately with the type of chaos i was experiencing and the people that i loved who were closest to me it was not fun in any way or productive it was basically what i've learned now since i went to counseling and i there's one book i really recommend it's called the body keeps the score by bessel van der kolk and that's like the trauma bible you know if you've been through some really bad stuff growing up and basically you know your brain can't fathom the bad thing that happened to you or things and so you're kind of stuffing that trauma down like you said and then you know you think that you're over it but your body is storing that trauma and you're gonna reenact that dynamic in your personal relationships trying to make it turn out as a good outcome but mm -hmm. that's never gonna succeed absolutely you're like 
you know, you're trying to like get somewhere with a map that was made when you in 1972, you know, and, and here you are in 2020 going, gee, I just don't know why I'm not getting anywhere. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, the know? map was written. Yeah, the map was written at a totally different time when the the yeah right. the trail was a different trail at that time. I presume. Yeah. So just knowing that is kind of like the beginning of healing for me, anyway. Just okay. knowing that information. Well, that, and it, it, I like that you brought that up. I was going to ask you for a, you know a little bit of background. Um, are you? Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in Florida? And you know, tell us a little bit about where you did grow up. Well, I'm learning about a lot of this stuff right now because even though I've been a genealogist by for hobby, and I've done deep dives with uh, uh, records about my ancestors, they were all dead, so they couldn't really <laughs> give me any feedback. Right. But now I'm doing that right now for my next blog um, for my early childhood, which was in West Palm Beach, Florida. I uh, started out with my parents moving down here from New Hampshire and I think they made it through about a year down here and then they split and my dad remarried and I think he was thinking he was going to have a good life with his new wife and in this his house over there uh, and my mom was going to take care of me and my brother and it was going to be all good and then life happened and yep. my brother yep. got burnt in the bathtub when he was and we had to be removed from the home and my dad got custody But then poverty, mental illness, and alcoholism entered the scene, and uh, the you know a terrible childhood ensued. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'm learning about like in my mind, I have like all these weird disjointed memories and the entertainer in me wants to write a story for you uh that you can see you know so i was finding myself like coloring in a blue dress and you know then the next thing you know i'm somebody said this and they didn't really say that you know it's like i'm trying to make a creative story and then i realized no that's doing a disservice to the trauma victims out there, well, I have like, to be real. Yeah, you know, yeah, like it's not a hundred percent truthful unless you're, you know, being fully candid and just complete. exactly. I, yeah, I read that in your in your most recent uh, blog. You, you've got two of them up right now, and uh, mm-hmm. that's how you begin your second one. Is you know, just kind of saying the entertainer in me wants to kind of spin a narrative. That maybe isn't exactly the reality. And as a guy who kind of, uh, I'll be honest, I've said it on our show several times, tons of times, uh, doing a podcast for me is kind of therapeutic for me. And uh, But I don't know, I still, and I try to be as honest as I can, but I even John and I talk about it a lot, on mic and mm-hmm. off mic, and that uh, I, I don't know, I, I commend you for being as honest as you are, because it's hard for me mm-hmm. even to be, you know, and I feel like I kind of want to hide it in, in spinning up kind of a little bit of a story myself. And making well, it maybe sugarcoating is a, is a, a natural thing. Yeah, for an entertainer, that's natural. But you're lucky because you have a sounding board with your partner there, you know. And I'm lucky because I have a sounding board in um, somebody that I stumbled upon on Twitter. Uh, there's a guy I met. His name is J. Aaron Sanders, and he has a blog called Seventy Two Hour Hold. And I ha- stumbled on it, and he was talking in it not only about his childhood trauma which I couldn't really identify with his male sexual abuse, you know, being a female, but I had experienced sexual abuse as a child, so I could, on that level, but I could also, he talked about his PTSD bubble, okay? okay. And I, the first time I'd ever heard a person describe accurately what it was like to be a person that 
you know, is going along in life, everything's fine and dandy, and then that something triggers you emotionally, and the next thing you know, you're stomping around, and you're pulling a picture off the wall, and you turned into a four-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and everyone around you is like, what is your problem? Yeah. What is wrong with you? And you're like, I don't know. And, and if, <laughs> you know? if I'm not mistaken, that 72-hour hold, that's like a guest um, – like on your blog, on TracingTrauma.com, that's yes. like a guest blog, uh, like portion uh, of it. Well, actually, 72-hour hold is one of the links on the links page, and he's – Actually, I just reached out to him because I came across that blog and I said in a private message, I just said, listen, I'm trying to write a book and I'd written about 22,000 words and I was starting to get overwhelmed because part of my symptom of my complex PTSD is I've just never been able to achieve goals. You know, I kind of played it safe my whole career. Understandable. Top 40. Yeah. Top 40 singer, I could get good and drunk and get stoned on the brakes and not have to deal with my feelings and just be fabulous on Facebook. And well, you know, I never went I any mean, deeper than that, you know. How did you get into singing? I mean, because I know you've dealt with trauma when you were like even a child, mm -hmm. like sexual abuse and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, was, was singing like your outlet? Well, my. I remember the first time I remember singing was during the time period of the trauma. When my mom got custody, she was very much a stage mother, you know, and I remember her dressing me up and I was on, okay, I'm going to really tell you how old I am now. You're probably you're too young. There's a show that used to be called Romper Room. I remember Romper Room. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the older of the duo here with me and John, and uh, and I, I remember Romper Room. I, I, it's kind of like... I uh, do not, but he does. It's like Sesame Street, but I was on freaking Romper Room, and I remember being on it, and I was a brat, man. And I'm like, I'm playing with my Play-Doh. I don't want to come play with you guys. And I was like a total brat. But my mom, had, you know, she wanted me to be like a star and she'd get me up in front of people and like sing and i didn't like it i didn't care for it oh wow i okay. didn't like the attention um so and you were now so you I, were really pushed yeah, you were reluctant yeah so i didn't really revisit music until i was in the seventh grade i went to central junior high school in melbourne and uh, uh one person that helped me to survive was my chorus teacher at the time her name was mrs pittenger is Mrs. Nathan now, and we're friends, I'm so happy to say. Uh, and she called uh, social services to come to the school because I had visible marks from a beating I had received. And, uh, you know, they came and investigated the home, and my parents basically just said, you know, she's kind of a pain in the ass, can get her out of here. And they signed me over to the state. Wow. So that's okay. That's the, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that's that was the beginning of your, your stint with foster care because you mentioned that in the yep. opening blog as well. Yep. And that's one thing that I think, you know, me being honest is really important because not only did people miss the signs of a six and seven year old girl that had a you know, been through uh, sexual abuse, but they also, I because of those things that happened to me at that time, when I was a teenager, I had promiscuity. I had, you know, skipping school, running away, uh, oppositional behavior, just so many signs that said, 
this person needs help. Well, it's funny you, you know? call them signs because, yeah, I was going to say now, you know, I guess with us, you know, the world, quote unquote, being as woke as we are now, you know, now mm-hmm. these are all like red flags that people I think are like, they know to, you know, I would think to, if you looked at a child and you saw some of this stuff, you might say, mm-hmm. what is going on in wherever they live mm-hmm. in their home life? I would hope so. Um, And I think that, you know, with this argument about sending kids back to school, I have a 15 year old and one of the points is the mental health of the children. But it's also some of these kids are in these homes where they're being abused and the school, they can get food there. You know, part of my issues, the reason I went through what I went through was because my dad couldn't keep a job and he owed money to everyone and he was an alcoholic. And, you know, the poverty and the lack of uh, services available and mental health services. There's no opportunity there, no doubt. Mental health was not looked at at all like it is nowadays. It's still kind of a stigma. It is better. But uh, it it Mm -hmm. has gotten a lot better. It was, was, yeah, absolutely. Back then it was definitely not something that uh, was really just generally talked about and understood. See, and I'm kind of amazed that you can open up about it at all because like I – I can't even hardly admit that, like, okay, like, yeah, I pick my nose when no one's looking. Nah, I call you know? that lies. I call that lies because oh, John, I think John's the more honest of the two of us. And that uh, John talks about all kind of any number of nasty, disgusting things well, that yeah, happen okay. with himself and his so body. I'm, I'm more honest than Chris is, but even then, I don't know if I could be as honest as you are just opening up, even about like Agreed. all your fallacies and your, the mistakes right. and the regret. You know, it's, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't. And your, your story opening mm-hmm. your blog about, you know, and congratulations. So, have you been sober for a little over a year now? Yeah, it's a, over a year. The 25th of June. Right. Just three days before my anniversary with Jack. We just celebrated 23 years of marriage. Congratulations. The, you guys are an amazing thank couple. Thank you. Yeah. He's an amazing guy for putting up with my crack all these years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if, and if nobody sure. knows, uh, people who are listening locally, Jack uh, Bradshaw is the program director at the iHeartRadio. Yeah, one hundred four one here locally in Orlando. Yes. Great, great man. That guy's a mensch. I'm sure you put uh, up with a good deal as well. You know, that guy's from New Jersey, no, no, so no, that no, says no. it all. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, and don't forget the Jim Colbert show, man. Monday through Friday, three to seven, yo. Brother that's Brother. right. He's not yeah. just a program director; he's a star. So yeah, that, that's, that, that's your yeah. drive home listening radio. It's so hard to live with a star, you know. He's like, <laughs> "Where's my dinner, woman?" You guys both live. You, <laughs> you guys both live with you. You're both stars in your own right. You guys, I feel like you're the you're definitely a major Orlando power couple. Sure, sure. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I don't know what power you have, but you got it. I, uh, I, I the wanna... power of duh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to point out one point uh, or one moment in your blog that you wrote. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. like a, a sentence or two, but it kind of it, it really struck me just as, as we as humans you know, should look out for each other a little bit more. But it says, um, uh, before therapy, I was in pain acting out. Uh, what's wrong with you was the usual question. Now I understand when I see bad behavior, the question should be what happened to you? And mm-hmm. I that I loved that part that you wrote right there because some people it, it isn't enough. Some people see you know a, a certain behavior or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they get they go to instant judgment or they think you know that that's just the person being ignorant or and, and they don't know that maybe something happened to them prior or something mm-hmm. that they're going right. through. It's the cause of someone maybe acting yeah. stupid or making poor yeah. choices in their life. I I, I thought well, that was so yeah. great. Well, that was a breakthrough moment for me. And um, Jack and I were just talking to someone that was asking, you know, what what was the moment where, you know, you 
realized that you needed to, you know, figure out your trauma. And I'm like, well, uh, believe it or not, it's Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I was past, <laughs> I don't even watch her on TV, but I was passing through the living room and Jack was watching some 60 Minutes piece. And they were talking about the prisons and they were talking about something called the ACE test and it's a 10 question test that you can find online and it asks questions about your adverse childhood experiences ah, and if you, if you that's right so if you have more than a four you could die 20 years sooner than somebody with less than a four. Oh, okay wow oh right I know that well, got my attention. Right? I almost yeah. want to take this. Yeah, I want to take it myself, kind of. You can. All you have to do is just look it up. And so Jack and I took the test at the same time, and he got a one, and I got a nine. Wow. <laughs> okay, so the lower score is what you're shooting for. That absolutely, because wow. the less bad things that happen to you as a kid. Now, that's not the only part of the equation. I want to point out that trauma is all relative to perspective right and what might seem traumatic to one person doesn't to another so oh, i never yeah. True. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's so annoying sometimes when people say oh get over it and it's like you don't right. know what what they're actually going through no i respect uh if someone has been traumatized you can tell you see what their behavior so i honor if someone says that you know and that's important that you know you keep that in mind you know Oh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, yeah. there is a there was one portion that you mentioned, you know, kind of about you turning to alcohol as a way mm -hmm. as a way to maybe numb the pain. And I feel like, uh, you know, and you put it really great because I think you kind of turned around on your perspective. You were like, I drank alcohol to numb the pain, but at some point it was kind of re-triggering the trauma. And and I think mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, it, for me, I know how alcohol affects me and I don't really have much of an opinion or I, I like to be as objective as possible. And, you know, mm -hmm. I really don't take sides as much on certain things. So, I mean, you know, my emotions, I kind of try to keep in check. But when I'm drinking alcohol, my emotions are all over the place, you know. Right. And, and some people think that, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to numb the pain by drinking and then you might pass out. But sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, it, it brings out extra emotion. Right. Well, alcohol is unpredictable. And there's so many factors that go into, you know, any night that you decide to drink, it might be, you know, a celebration. It might be a sad thing that happened. It might be you didn't eat enough or whatever. Right. Um, but when you just, instead of having a toolkit of things that you learned as a child to deal with life in your emotional toolkit, I didn't have anything in there. I had an empty bag with uh, a tequila bottle in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the easy go-to, right? You know, I, yeah. And and it worked for a while, especially in the entertainment industry. You know, I was able to uh, have a job and work. Uh, you know, at the backstage at the Rosen Plaza. I was there for 10 years, five nights a week. Well, yeah, Show, I, you know? I know you were even candid about saying like, oh, I've gone to Vegas and, and you know, and I have been drunk on stage at certain things. And <laughs> Lots I, of times, that, yeah. That is so hard to open up about. I seriously just don't know how you, you do that. 
But I see well, your point in that it being in the entertainment industry, it's not like the business world. You know, it's different seriously. if you said, oh, I went to trade stocks every day and sat down at my desk hammered. If, but and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Although I guess it is the, plane, the you know, you know? yeah, drunk, you know, just, yeah. So right. I definitely, you know, feel like it's, you know, it's definitely looked at differently, but it is more, it's because it's more accepted, you know? And also well, it's easier yeah. to do the job of performing than it is to say trade stocks or be a doctor or something to that effect. Right. While you're under well, the it influence. has changed. Things have changed significantly since even I was in the business uh, on stage in a club 10 years ago and, and if you go back even farther things were so different it was like in that nightclub Sodom and Gomorrah I mean people were doing lines in the bathroom you know smoking weed outside the you know in the yeah. parking lot oh yeah Ro- you know Rosen's charging for every square inch of space now there ain't none of that shenanigans <laughs> going on now yeah but right. back in the day people you know pe- people are having sex in the parking lot I mean it was just all kind of they were drinking and driving and if they want to be honest about it everybody that's inside that nightclub was practically drinking and driving almost every person that's the industry okay yeah it, no. it's a scary thought too. even it's that's terrifying a, to a Seriously. semblance to this day like i i work in they the bar and the restaurant industry and i Come see on. a lot of it yeah it has to to exist it has to you have to look a little bit to the other other way not to get you don't want to get sued but back then 10 years ago you know things kind of went downhill in the nightclub business that the drunk driving the mothers against drunk driving became a big lobby yeah and then the drink when i got a dui the first time it was 16 years prior to the first one uh, to the second one i mean so the law if i didn't know i thought oh 10 years has passed so i'm good you know right. i start from scratch but that's not true everyone out there if you get any dui in your whole life you get your second one you're screwed okay okay <laughs> no matter how how much time in between it okay. does not matter okay yeah so don't even fool yourself there are no and three strikes they you get the no. one maybe two let me educate you on that and because <laughs> of the law if you have over a certain alcohol limit which i did it was 159.159 that meant you have a super high tolerance you've been probably doing this a lot and they were right i was for that one time i got caught i did it hundreds of times drinking and driving for sure okay? it, it, i feel Seriously. like yeah absolutely how yeah. often does it the first time you ever drink and drive you get caught right. so the first they time know you that. break a law right absolutely yeah so the penalties are higher so i had to have a device a breathalyzer device in my car for wow. two years whoa oh wow and that and cost an arm and a leg as well i believe it right? it's really expensive not only the money that it costs for uh, my driver's license, because you get popped by not only the state of Florida, but also the driver's license. It's two different entities that go after you at once. <sighs> my goodness. Yeah. So it's the, I cost my family at least fifty thousand dollars with those two DUIs. That's a key thing that, they use in the selling point of uh, just calling an Uber. You know, save yourself twenty thousand dollars. You have that now. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spend and, spend a couple bucks. That night, I could have got a limo home, you know? Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, no Ubers, but at the time, you were working at the club, so you could have gotten a limo. No, the night I got my second DUI, I was over in Tampa, um, and I was singing with my brother, and, you know, that was... Uh, he's a he was a, he's a singer now. He lives over in Hudson, Florida. He's a he used to sing with Sabotage. You ever hear of that rock band? Absolutely, Tra- yeah. Yeah, my brother was a singer in that band. His name is Damon Janiah. 
he made up that last name. I don't know why. But, <laughs> Damon Denier. Anyway. Look him up, guys. Yeah, yeah. And it's sabotage. And so uh, he sings. And the singing thing that you asked me about, my mom was a singer. My grandma was a singer. And so that kind of gave me this idea, you know, when I found out that I've pretty much failed or passed the ACE test. It depends on how you look at it. Right, right. You aced <laughs> it one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, I, <laughs> I just was like, well, obviously, I have to kind of look to see, you know, what happened in my family tree, but I don't really know the answers because I had only studied my dad's side up to that point because my mom was persona non grata because she lost custody of the kids right right so i was kind of like dealing with not knowing about any of it and i came upon this grandmother that was a singer in boston back in the 50s and the navy was stationed there and oh boy did she like the navy <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo, doggy yeah grandma was having a, uh, a good time and in uh, the navy yeah so she was and they were yeah okay then but yeah you know when i first started learning about her story i thought oh this is outrageous this behavior oh my god you know hooker i can't believe it because she was in the combat zone in boston an infamous prostitution area and she was a lady of the night and uh she was also a singer and she was involved with the mob and she has all these stories that she slept with william shatner and awesome ted williams face and it's like this whole bunch of stories that i had to see are they true and as i started delving in i got you know sober i got therapy and i started to look at things from a trauma informed perspective yeah the 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 therapy that you were taking it was that's right yeah Yeah, your emr emdr we were both we were both inquisitive about that and uh, what is that and did were you introduced to that through your friend with the 72 hour hold blog Right. Well, no, I had already been uh, going to therapy for a while when I met Aaron Sanders, but EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Eye Movement Desensitization reprocessing yes and so if i'm gonna explain it to you like emdr for dummies which is all you're gonna get coming out of my mouth (laughs) well that's fine you're (laughs) you're giving it to dummies as well so we're on a a level playing field give it to me right okay so you can also look it up on youtube there's some pretty good little videos less than five minutes long but what you do is you sit down with someone and you actually don't even have to like that person (laughs) <laughs> they have to be a trained EMDR therapist and specialist, of course. Okay. But you don't have to even tell them about the story for it to be effective. But for me, I'm a talker. It was important for me to tell my story. So we went through it in bullet points, and there were 26 adverse childhood experiences. So we had to go through each experience. I would sit down, and I would close my eyes, And I would recall the emotional part of the event. As I was imagining it, like a movie, I would focus in on how I felt. So this is an easy therapy. No, no, no. No, no, okay. Nothing that I've learned that when it comes to personal growth, nothing that is worthwhile and long-lasting is easy. And that is an encouragement, but it's also a warning 
there's no such thing, you know, if everybody could just go and, and lift a couple weights and get, you know, some muscles, it's the same analogy for therapy. Good you've point. got to, yeah, you got to put in the time and you've got to do the reps and you've got to do quality, yeah. uh, quality therapy in there. So as you focus on the emotional event, and the emotional part of the event, yeah, you know, it's going to be upsetting. Like it, it might be terror, fear, uh, and this is where this bad behavior is rooted in these memories. Because when you're a kid and you form your construct of how you deal with the world and view the world, you know, these horrible mem- uh, emotions come up, and you don't know how to deal with them. You yeah. Know? Oh, and, and sometimes if you don't have the experience or if it's not something that you've ever dealt with before, yeah. You're or just, the words. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a kid. You're, you're yeah. naive. Of course, yeah. You have no words yeah. to use to, to, to put that, yeah. to even fathom it. So you sit there with your eyes closed. You sit there and concentrate on that. And then she says, my therapist, her name was Jen. And she says, open your eyes. I open my eyes. And it could be a light or it in this case, it was her fingers. And the way she held them up, I imagine the Pope. You know how the Pope holds his fingers up and it's like your index finger and your middle finger, but then he's got like the the, the other fingers are kind of folded down. Yeah, you know, okay. yeah. Absolutely. Like he's pointing to God himself. Hominus, dominus, humana, humana, whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, some, some Roman no phrase. Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris, Coleman yeah. here is doing it right now. Yep. He's doing uh, yeah. it. Yeah. So she's going to do that back and forth about uh, a half of uh, six inches in front of my right eye area. And I'm going to follow her fingers with my eyes back and forth. And I don't know how, but somehow neurologically, the combination of the eye movement and the recollection of the emotional old memory takes it from the back of your brain where the ancient brain is and brings it to the present tense where reasoning is in the frontal lobe area. And somehow it removes a layer of emotional significance from that memory. So instead of being caught in the quicksand of the emotion of that event, you are above it just looking at it like you're in a helicopter observing And, and you it. can get a little bit maybe more control. S- some logical Absolutely. Pers- maybe logical perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, you're the, not controlled by the emotion. You're able to observe it like you didn't even ha- it didn't even happen to you. Wow. And you can judge it yeah, from third person perspective. And that is where you can say, you know what? That little girl didn't do anything wrong. That little uh, girl was, yeah. you was take your wrong. Own, you take yeah, your own wrong. faults away from it. Yeah, as opposed, yeah, as opposed no to blame. blaming. Yeah, no blaming I, yourself. There's so much shame attached to certain types of child abuse. And if you, emotional abuse is one of the worst types of abuse where your caregiver is telling you, you know, you're not good enough, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you know, you don't deserve to live. These types of messages are devastating. And I was abandoned, not once, but twice. Once at the age of eight at Good Samaritan Hospital in West Palm Beach when my stepmother had a mental breakdown. And the second time when my parents just sold me over to foster care so being broken from the herd like that it's abandonment is a huge issue that i've also had to deal with but emdr took me from being a victim mentality to somebody that took responsibility for my actions 
Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's a big problem for a lot of people is they play the blame game or they don't want to, you mm-hmm. know, accept what their role was in a situation. And yeah. Yep. And and you and I've been seeing on your blog that you've been taking responsibility and accepting your role in situations and uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then rationalizing things as best as you could because of the trauma mm-hmm. that you went through in your in, in, in your past. I mean, is there anything that you can maybe tease for the next blog that you're writing or something? <laughs> well, um, I was so thankful for that conversation that I had with my friend Jay Aaron. And then today I got a call from my good friend Jana Banana, is who you might know her as from the Phillips file. You, Love her. you had a great yeah. interview with her. I saw the conversation that she you guys was had. So- so generous to right before right I was starting off and she said hey you want to do an interview and I said heck yeah <laughs> yeah it was beautiful it was uh, the positivity power hour that's for a, sure she's the I best. loved it that's a good Jenna Banana voice I like that thank you <laughs> <laughs> huge fan well, love she that she called lady. me today and I was telling her about the conversation I had with Aaron and about how I was avoiding some of those unpleasant bits of the memories and how I was trying to fast forward through it and how I felt that I owe more to my audience than just a, a fast forward through the, the hard bits, you know, that yeah. where the lessons are, are in the, the difficult areas you're not you know when smooth sailing is happening you're not learning a whole lot you're having a good time but you know and she was saying wow Naomi I really can relate to that because I've also been doing this really hard challenge with my husband and and I found myself doing the same thing so authenticity is what I'm striving for and I realized to do that I've got to go back to the beginning yeah and I, well and I like that you're you know re- recalling it with details and you know because sometimes people say long story short and then they leave it in some kind of generic term yeah but that it, doesn't make for a good it doesn't blog. help it doesn't help anybody no. you know yet you have to let them know what exactly is going on you know and I, I mean the I bad just, things too not just the good things because right. we all want to do that when we see our friends and you talk to your friend you haven't seen him in a long time they'll be like hey how are you doing you're like well i did this and it's like your facebook pictures that you post you know it's always the best of everything absolutely you you, know? uh, you mold the narrative absolutely you, you show the what highlights you're yeah. Right. You're, yeah. Right. you're right you're right and that's when i started this thing i had a feeling inside i said you know what i bet you there's a lot of people like me out there that are pretending and nobody knows that they're suffering because they're doing such a good job pretending but at home they're suffering and 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 i bet if i just let down that curtain a little and show them that you know what's happening with me that they might open up and as soon as i did that the emails came and the fact that you you know you've gone and talked to Janet Banana and Tuttle and now you're coming to us. Hopefully, like this is something that like, a blog that you can write about. You know, starting to try to get exposure to you know this the situations and stuff going on. So I mean, hopefully that we may be a part of a future blog that you you have <laughs> over the, at tracingtrauma.com for sure. Well, thank you. I, I know I'm hooked and I'm uh you know I'm w- uh, anxiously awaiting the next one to drop. I don't do a lot of word reading, but uh, I definitely <laughs> trace out I check out uh, tracing trauma. Com, uh, weekly to see if you dropped a new one. Well, I'm going for economy of words. 
I'm going for uh, as least amount of words as possible, but to tell you the story as concisely as possible. And I am also putting a call out there to other trauma survivors. Don't keep that story in. It's going to come out, whether it comes out in a DUI or in some other form of bad behavior, and people are going to get hurt because hurt people hurt people. So instead of doing that, write in your journal if it's only for you, but let it out. And if you want, you can be anonymous. You can go to tracingtrauma.com and you can share your story. And if you want to share it, you can let me know and I will. I will share it because this is all about an ongoing dialogue so that we can share these things and the shame will go away and we can feel good about ourselves, you know? Naomi Bradshaw, we cannot thank you enough.com for coming on and talking to us. I, I mean, because I, we've never met, you know, so you're talking to, to complete strangers yeah. and, and being as open as you are. And I can't thank you enough for coming and talking to us. And I applaud you for your honesty and for your outlet. Thank for you. every anyone anyone and everyone else to uh to you know let their trauma be known and uh yeah start start the healing and stop the hurting yeah you're not alone let's let's heal together all right well we'll uh we'll let you go yeah, uh, thank you for your time back to uh your honeydew list with your husband jack bradshaw i'm sure he's got <laughs> yeah. lots of uh things food. for you to do yeah yeah food thanks for oh, cool oh, enjoy it, it's always food with a man <laughs> Uh, it is. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us, and we will uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, I'm we'll sure. definitely keep in okay. touch, Naomi. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh awesome. my god, that was, that was awesome. What a good get, man. She's uh, that was a. I t- I knew, like I told you, I've never talked to her before, but uh, she's a ball of positivity, and she's and that honest with like strangers with everybody. Absolutely, you know, she just puts it out there, and I I could never do it. I yeah. mean, I I'm of the two of us, like we said. I'm the more honest one, or I kind of put it out there a little right. bit more. But even then, like I stop myself at a certain point, right? Because she, there's a level, right? And yeah. she kind of just goes over that level. Yeah, wow, those. she's she's going to be helping so many people. And if you check out her blog, like I feel like it would help them. Look, I, you know, I, I'm serious. I made a joke. I don't do much word reading. I don't read a lot, but I what I didn't just read her blog. I read okay. All honesty, I read her first blog entry. And be on, I read it off of the photo, the photo that she had attached to it. When I saw the link, she shared it on Facebook. I saw the link. It was a photo of uh, her in a crowd in front of David in a crowd of, you know, thousands in front of a stage with David Lee Roth on stage from Van Halen at the time. Oh, right. And it was in the 80s at their at their heyday, late 80s. And uh, she and so she, it starts off with that photo. So I clicked because I was like, oh, my God, Naomi Bradshaw, we're like three feet away from, you know, like Van Halen in his heyday. Let's see. What is this about? Right. So I click on the link or is David Lee Roth, not Van Halen. But I click on the link and I open it up and it's a blog. And I'm like, oh, OK, I thought it was, uh, you know, a photo or it was going to be a story about it. Anyway, what is this about? So I read on and it's a few paragraphs long, longer than most things I would read. But I began reading it and I was struck with the honesty of it she's immediately you know i i I told you i you know i told her on the interview that i appreciated it because she you know you should go read it for yourself but uh without spoiling it you know then my what's up doc version of her first blog (laughs) is that uh, she starts out by you know telling about how she's been 365 days sober and she recounts to the day a year ago to that day in which she became sober and the real world 
shit that was going on yeah. in her house and her life that I, day. Yeah, and I, I was like, wow, the honesty is amazing here. I, like, yeah. I, I can't, I, like, I applaud this woman for it. It's fantastic. And I would have kept reading whether I interviewed her or not. But I was interested to interview her after that. And uh, I'm glad we got that. That was, that was, that was uh, awesome. I, that, what, a, what a sweet lady. And, and well said. I mean, a good What's Up Doc version. And I you mean, like we, that? we don't have What's Up Doc this episode. You're right. I mean, that's one of my better that's ones. That's a good little I version. I just quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> what's Up Doc is dead. Just a little snippet. Uh, but should we get into the Did You Hears? Yeah. You want to jump right into Did You? Yeah. Let's get to the stories. Did you hear that intro? Did you hear that? Did you hear? 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 Original rap. We bring it to you live in the physical, digital download theme. we reaching critical mass. We give it our all. We love if you give us a little back. We can't be too mad at you for clicking on that. Yo, did you hear? Horror show all up in your ear. Yo, did you hear? Did you hear? And uh, it requires pretty much stuff that we pulled from the news and uh, things that you might not have heard. Some of it is a little obvious, which is fine. It's very topical issues, some of them. Yeah, I will uh, I'll start us off. Uh, did you hear that Elon Musk, Tesla owner, has just become richer than Warren Buffett? I did not hear this. Uh, Warren, this is news to me. Yeah, Warren Buffett's that famous philanthropist. You know, he's always... And I, I think that might be actually half the reason why uh, Musk passed Warren Buffett on the uh, the wealthy scale. Uh, Musk's fortune rose more than $6 billion uh, at the end of last week, according to Bloomberg, <sighs> after Tesla's stock surged almost 11% uh, to a record $1,500.44. No, fifteen hundred and forty-four per share. Per uh, share, my yeah. God. Uh, market value is at two hundred and eighty-six and a half billion dollars. Jesus. And uh, Musk owns twenty-one uh, percent of Tesla's stock. And uh, who yeah. owns the rest? That's weird. Only twenty-one percent. Right? I thought that was his company. I thought, yeah, I thought it was maybe a little bit more that he had huh. owned. Well, maybe he owns the most. Maybe it's spread apart, and he has the extra one mm. percent. And then uh, Buffett's fortune fell. In the past week, after he donated nearly three billion dollars work of really? Berkshire Hathaway stock to charity, ah, there you go. So yeah. that's why it's literally because uh, that's so weird that uh, that uh, Elon's stock rose in the same week that uh, Buffett gave away three billion dollars. Yeah, Jesus. Well, no wonder. I mean. That that's a sure shoe in to lose your top spot, but I don't think Buffett cares. He's got enough money. No, he's got he, more money than God. Yeah, he, so much he's not even giving his kids money when they when he dies. <laughs> he literally yeah. famously said, "He's like, make it on your own. I'm not. I'm not golden parachuting your life." Yeah, that's uh, it's crazy. The the opposition, like Bill Gates, he gives his kids like the biggest. You know, it's like like. It's pretty much considered a salary just for doing chores <laughs> for living. Yeah, yeah you're like oh my god, like your chores, clean up your room, and you know, <laughs> it's like twenty thousand dollars is it? <laughs> taking out the trash is my eight god. grand. My god, <laughs> my god. I mean, I so who do you uh, the the five richest people in the world with Elon Musk passing Warren Buffett? 
Okay. Keeping that in mind. So one and two. Are who, the, who, who do you think is one? Whatever happened with that guy, uh, Carlos Slim or whatever, the Mexican uh, television guy. He had big bucks in broadcasting out of Mexico. I, Carlos Slim something. Uh, he is not in the He's top. Not even, okay, he was the richest for a long time. The number one is not Buffett or Musk. Oh, it's not? Musk. Oh, no. No. Wow, okay. I thought they were one and two. Number one is going to be kind of obvious. Oh. Oh, I, I, I can't. Luckily, I can't read. I just see a number fifty point five billion. Who's that? Say, I think you're getting the information spoiled for you, Jeff Boz, uh, Bezos. Oh, Bezos from uh, Amazon. Amazon, of course, because the pandemic, he reached the first uh, what was it, something billion dollar mark? Yeah. After the pandemic began and everybody was stuck at home ordering Amazon. So the yeah, he's uh, and then Bill Gates was second. Okay. Ninety nine point nine billion. Okay. Uh, founder of Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, Got some money. And then Bernard Alnott family. Owner of LVMH, that I'm not 100 percent sure. Of. Yeah, because Warren Buffett is f- it w- was four. Okay, before Elon Musk passed him. Okay, um, but I don't know what the LVMH is. Yeah, I don't know what business that is. It's, yeah, what's the family again? Uh, Bernard Arnault family. Hmm, that's weird. Okay, some French folk. Bernard Arnault. Yeah, I was uh, gonna guess maybe the Walton family also because of Walmart. Yeah, fame, but uh, yeah, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates is one and two. Okay, and then uh, and then this R not guy, all yeah. not whatever. Yeah. So I, I would assume Elon Musk is four, and then uh, Buffett maybe five or six. Wow, that's uh well, that is something else. That's insane. Uh, I did. I, I would have thought those first two guys were the top two. I yeah. had no idea. In terms of billionaires, uh, it says uh, number of billionaires. How many number of billionaires do you think that there are in the world? Total billionaires? Yeah. Uh, 20? Uh, 20. Yeah, is that a lot? 20 billionaires. Is that a lot or not enough? Uh, 2,095. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I have a billion? That seems like a fucking crazy club, bro. Billion? Yeah. There's 2,100 fucking billionaires. There's 2,000 yeah. billionaires. Yeah. 2,100. Yeah, almost 2,100. Uh, My God. Yeah, their total list net worth is $8 trillion. Holy shit. Between the tw- the 2,000 of them, $8 trillion? Yeah. Wow. That's wow. like settling some many countries' national <laughs> debt right there. Right. Never going to happen, though. Rich-ass people wow. dealing with rich-ass problems. That's crazy. Is what it is. Well, is it back to me? Yep. Speaking of the rich-ass people, soon to join them, did you hear Patrick Mahomes signed a record NFL contract this week? I did hear this From a little the bit. the Kansas City Chiefs, the most recent uh, Super Bowl champion. I believe it was the MVP, too. Was he not? I don't want to talk out of class. He, I think he was, yeah. Now, I would assume they usually give it to the winning quarterback or maybe a running back or receiver if they stand out. But it almost always just is a shoe into the winning team's quarterback. His contract was astronomical. Well, and I was trying to look for some details, um, and I just pulled up his Wikipedia, which just kind of gives the raw numbers. It doesn't break it down into like, you know, like, um, what do they call them? Uh, performance bonuses and stuff. You know, if you hit this, you get this. If oh, you hit that, you get that. they're incentives. Incentives, yes. It doesn't give all that. But, uh, yeah, he signed a... Uh, a 10-year contract extension worth 477 million with another 26 million in potential bonuses. That's the excess stuff that he could get, the incentives and stuff. Uh yeah, but for a total if he if all of it were to be paid out for a total of 503 million. Yeah. The yeah, richest yeah. contract in the history of North American and sports. Well, and that's not, not even not just football. That's not even cons- Yeah, yeah, because Alex I didn't Rod- realize that. I think Alex Rodriguez, the third baseman for the Yankees. The Yankees at the time, uh, yeah. You know, maybe 10 years ago now. Yeah. He signed a contract that was super fat. That was, was a huge. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like but I don't know if it was to this severity that Patrick Mahomes is getting signed at, but like you don't even that's 
that's not including the the sponsorships or the absolutely the, the, the endorsements. Absolutely and stuff. not. Nope. What the like the beauty part of this is for like a guy like Mahomes, you say okay, well four hundred seventy seven with a twenty six million in potential bonuses. Let's say he goes out first game of the season, fucking blows out his knee, never plays it down a football again. He walks away with four hundred seventy seven million dollars. Yeah, the that's bon- crazy. Screw the bonuses. Who cares about the bonuses? Exactly. Four seventy seven. Fuck you. I'm not even worried about it. I'm at Joe that point. Theismann over here. I'm yeah. sitting on the bench. So I mean, so they consider him right now the Super Bowl champion, and then he was Super Bowl MVP. There you go. So yeah, he was so. MVP. I was I was right. I was guessing, but I was right. I mean, he almost uh, he was going for the record at first for the most touchdowns in a season because uh, Peyton Manning had broken the record a few years ago, and then Tom Brady broke it after that. Okay, and then Patrick Mahomes was on pace and almost did it. Well, this is a record guy, so he's got the richest contract ever, not just in football but in North American sports. Uh, and he was the uh, the second youngest to ever win a Super Bowl behind Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and then at twenty three years old, and that contract is like a minimum for what he's going to be, you know, getting paid. And then if he does, you know, exceed expectations, then there's yeah. bonuses, bonuses, and, and then and, his and, endorsements are where the uh, you usually say that's where the real money is, but I think four hundred seventy-seven million is the real money. It just gets added on. Yeah, back to you in the uh, studio, John. Did you hear that? There's a Wayfair conspiracy going on. So Wayfair.com this is creepy, and I did hear some of this. Yeah, the Wayfair.com they kind of sell you know furniture and different things. That, yeah, you know, I thought it was like a furniture online furniture retailer, or maybe clothing or something too. It's, it's like, like a distributor a, of some type. Like online. A, Right? Yeah, like an e-commerce company, right. you know, sort of thing. Yeah, so they a, a Reddit user, I guess, was kind of trying to expose this conspiracy of the fact that they might be doing sex trafficking. And yeah. then you look at it a little closer, and on Wayfair.com and on their advertising websites, they are pushing cabinets that yeah. are, you know, normal-ass-looking cabinets yep. for fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000. Yep, just bookshelves, shit yeah. like that. A and, pillow, there was a pillow for ten grand. And before every single... Um, you know, description of whatever it is. You know, most of it was a dresser or a cabinet or a drawer or whatever. Yep. yep. It was. It would have like a weird random name to it. Yeah, kind of like IKEA. You know how IKEA does like the Snergenbergen desk yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. It was like that, but it wasn't all like uh, it wasn't all Norwegian themed. It was just weird names. Yeah, and then you start linking it to yeah. uh, like not even that long ago. Uh, this girl with this last name goes missing. Right. And then that last name is on a cabinet that sells for $18,000. Yeah. So and what cabinet sells for $18,000? None. 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 No. Nobody. Uh-uh. Like, and the, Not the, this regular ass cabinet on Wayfair. It, it, which is a little bit weird. And, yeah, a lot of bit weird. Um, you know, uh, so people were kind of skeptical at the fact that they may be transporting people in those cabinets, which made them so valuable, was that there was actually somebody inside yeah. that they would sell it to somebody. Yeah. The, uh, the, the weird part to me was, the, like you said, the linking in the name. So let's say like um, uh, Jessica Snelling went missing last month. So then you go on Wayfair and you look and you see a Snelling bookshelf. And it's yeah. a... It, it would say like Snelling Storage Cabinet there by you WFX Utility. Yeah. For $13,800. But every other, and, and if you look, there's like one item in stock. It's the only one they have. And again, nobody would buy this regular stupid looking cabinet or bookshelf or yep. pillow or whatever for this amount of money. And and so the, the conspiracy, the theory here is, is that uh, only those that know, i.e. those with inside information that know, oh, go to Wayfair, order this Snelling cabinet for $18,000, and you don't get the cabinet, you actually get 
the girl Jessica Snelling who has been missing and that's where the, you know that's the whole tie-in is that you know Wayfair is, is hiding this and I don't know if it's true or not a, a few sources have cited it as being untrue but I don't know the coincidences are very strong and if it's not true what is the real answer oh yeah like uh, don't just come with it it's false be, what's the answer because Snopes yeah like Snopes like they're usually like highly regarded and what's, yeah. what's fact and what's fiction what's true and what's mm-hmm. false uh, and Snopes has said that this is false but I don't feel like they have any real Snopes owned by Wayfair well, like what <laughs> I mean what, who knows really what research have they done how can you positively confirm that this isn't something that's actually going on so you can say it's false just because there's not an inf- enough information to make it true but that doesn't mean it's actually false it just means you don't have enough information exactly, to confirm it exactly exactly it means you can poke holes in the theory but so you maybe, can't shut it down yeah maybe say it's unconfirmed or thank something you. thank you or be, undetermined. More, be more truthful with your statement right yeah absolutely. To, to, to completely slander it as false I mean because it's just so weird Yuritsa storage cabinet is the same as Naraya storage cabinet like, really and those are Naraya Yuritsa and these are girls last are, names that are those missing. are last names of girls that are just recently missing <sighs> and it's the same fucking cabinet with different prices right and one's called Yuritsa one's called Naraya right how and both how, of them are multi thousands of dollars, which nobody's spending on that. That's a little wild bullshit, right? Who, whoever pointed that out, like, uh, because it started with a Reddit. Was conspiracy. it Reddit user? Okay, whoever that was on Reddit that did that. I mean, that that's that's kind of brilliant. That really is Dude, brilliant for them to yeah to put those things two things together. That was a great uh, great job, you know, fi- investigating that. And I understand that uh, more people have dug a little deeper. And like even on some of the posts, they show a uh, like a bookshelf, and then somebody zooms in on the f- books on the shelf, and they're all photoshopped titles on the spines of the books. And they say a lot of them say things like um, kidnapping. Or uh, like as if these people are putting clues on their own shit. Maybe it's clues for the potential buyers. I'm not sure. But it almost sounds like potential breadcrumbs for people to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And like, if that's the case, it, it, you know, what, a, what is a very surreptitious and well put together idea is not being executed very well because uh, who's paying $18,000 for a cabinet, you know, like and I'm not going to put together uh, like it wasn't going to be caught at some point, like some body on some Reddit board or somewhere on the internet at some point wasn't going to put together that Naritza was the last name of a girl who was recently abducted and now it shows up as a $20,000 cabinet on Wayfair. I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like this is the type of like, uh, the, like thing that blows up. They, they want it to blow up on themselves. Like, did they, did, are they trying to get caught? Maybe it, 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 subconsciously yes, cause, even cause some of it is like right under our nose. And right. it's like, how would you make it so purposefully right. obvious? It's, it's so clearly put together, but all you got to do is pull back that initial veil. You know, you don't see it until someone points it out and then you go, holy shit, this is so blatant. How did we all miss this the whole time? I don't know. It's a, it's, 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 it's a sticky situation and I feel like Wayfair has a lot of answering to do. Yeah. Uh, look but, forward yeah, that, to seeing those answers that, in the coming weeks. It's a conspiracy that's starting to bubble up a little bit, and we'll 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 see what develops out of that. But uh, back to you. Did you hear? And I know you did because we talked about it earlier on the show. But as we speak, the Mary Trump book uh, titled "Too Much and Never Enough" has been released, in which uh, Mary Trump, who is uh, Donald Trump president donald trump's niece uh has released a tell-all scandalous scathing book supposedly in which she claims that donald is a sociopath a clown and uh and i've got a list of other of eight other unflattering anecdotes from mary trump's book 
that is now released through Amazon. Because we've been talking about this for the few, like the past few weeks. Well, we it's I been, heard it was coming. It up here yeah, and, so we previewed it, and then we went back to it because I heard that uh, Donald Trump had said in an interview that uh, she signed a non-disclosure. She can't talk about anything. Well, and we were curious where that stood. Well, here's I found out the details on that. Yeah. Uh, the she did sign an NDA back in uh, 2000 or 2001, and some there were some family grovelings I think with someone's estate. And part of the deal that they settled with her was uh, she can have you know this, that, and this, and they they divvied up someone's estate there in the family. And uh, her father, I believe, Fred Trump, who's Donald's brother, and uh, and in doing so, they said you can have this. You know, they they laid out what she could have, and they agreed that she would sign a non non disclosure agreement stating that she can never talk about the family or its dealings. In any way, shape, or form, as far as unflatteringly or write a book or a tell-all or do an interview. Well, uh, she did it anyway. Years later, here we go, almost 20 years later, she writes a book and releases it. And uh, apparently the way they got around it was uh, she, uh, you know, Donald Trump and his uh, lawyers uh, came with their, you know, their defense of she signed an NDA. She can't release this book. It was initially delayed, but she went in front of an appeals court and the appeals court uh, reversed that and said she can release it. This is public knowledge. It's her own history and her own information. She can release it as however she wants to release it. So I think to hurry up the release of the book before maybe it got halted again by Trump's people, it was initially due to release at the end of the month on the 28th. It is now released on the 14th. So as you listen to this, the book is out. I have gotten it from Amazon. Um, I have begun reading it. Obviously, I don't read that fast. So I uh, don't do a lot of word reading. <laughs> so uh, I said that several times. So, the, the, so they scooted the release They pushed it up forward. two weeks, I yeah. feel like, so they could get some out before maybe this NDA takes effect. So I went ahead and jumped on because it was a cheap deal and it was good on Netflix. So I went ahead and pre-ordered it but uh there's some of the uh some of the most uh revealing uh allegations are uh let's see mary trump paints donald trump's father as emotionally abusive and having caused lasting damage to both her father fred trump jr and the future president donald uh, the only reason Donald escaped the same fate is that his personality served his father's purpose uh, and calls him a sociopath there. Uh, Donald Trump had no issue cheating his way to success. He would have his eldest sister, Marianne, do his homework for him, and he hired a ringer to take his SAT for him, the book says. To hedge his bets, Donald enlisted Joe Shapiro, a smart kid with a reputation for being a good test taker, to take his SATs for him. That was much easier to pull off in the days before photo IDs and computerized records. That was one thing I actually heard was yeah, he had was paid one, somebody else yeah. to take his SATs I saw that headline too. or help him pass, you know, certain tests to, to make him el- eligible, you know, for, yeah. for more opportunities. Yeah, of to course. move on and get a good college education at Trump wow. University. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the president's father viewed apologies as a sign of weakness. According to the book, Fred hated it when his oldest son screwed up or failed to intuit what was required of him. But he hated it even more when being taken to task. Freddie apologized. Sorry, Dad. Fred would mock him. Fred wanted his oldest son to be a, a quote, killer in his parlance for what reason it's impossible to say. Uh, And he goes on to talk about his father being a a property owner and being a cold, hardened businessman with no emotion. And he raised Donald to be the same. And I think you kind of see that in his dealings today. Oh, yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. For some Trump kids, lying was a way of life. Uh, after her father had the heart attack that would kill him, Mary Trump said Donald Trump didn't go with him to the hospital and didn't go to visit. Instead, he had, quote, gone to the movies. <laughs> so Donald Trump and, and yeah, again, she kind of follows up a lot of um, 
the John Bolton's book, Revelations, which we also talked about on the show, in which John Bolton said that the that Donald Trump is running this country more like a business than a president, than a politician, and uh, cares more about the bottom line than he does about the citizens. And uh, a lot of those things are echoed here in Mary Trump's book. Oh yeah, it's, and I mean it's very interesting, and I'm I'm burning through it so I can loan it to my mom because she wants to read it too. It, usually, if you have a judge of character, you can see who's actually in it for your best interest or who's in it to make themselves look as best as possible right and i and i see right through trump you know so i mean and i'm not saying one way or the other that i feel like biden's the answer because that's definitely not the case but i i see right through the bullshit you know i know when i'm being played with and i'm not about to jump on a train where i'm about to start dick riding one politician or the other (laughs) you know yeah like trump train if you want to hop on that train like god bless you you know for being that committed to one person that does not give a shit about you right congratulations that's fantastic I, i feel like you're right he doesn't care about you because most of our listeners are not one percenters and I, and you know what i don't care if you're white black purple or pink if you're not rich as fuck you don't care about you yeah no they don't they don't give a shit uh so i mean and i so i realize that and not everybody does so that's fine but i mean i can't put myself in that situation and i can only speak for myself exactly i can't speak you for everybody speak for everyone yeah no yeah. i can only do what i want to do much like tuttle our opinions do not reflect those of you Back to you in the studio, John. Or our sponsors. Or our sponsors, affiliates, or guests, or hosts, which (laughs) includes us. Exactly. (laughs) We're the host. Fuck. Uh, Did you hear? I only had one more kind of small one. Um, Yeah, I got one more too. Yeah. So we can wrap it up. Uh, Did you hear that um, uh, Hamilton came out recently on Disney Plus? Who didn't hear this? Yeah, yeah. Do you live under a rock? That's the only way you don't know. Yeah. And so I was trying to dig a little bit deeper and try to find a little bit more that would be new information to people because everybody did hear that it just recently. Uh, if you have Disney Plus or, you know, if you plan on getting Disney Plus, that's where you can see Hamilton. There's a big hubbub. It, the play it was developed and created in 2015. It's ha- it was all the rave and everybody was losing their minds. It has minds. been for five years now, yeah. yeah and I no, haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So like, everybody losing their minds. Nobody knows why. Why are you what, – what's so crazy about it? What makes it so good? That's my question. What's different about this than, say, Cats or Rent or, you know what I mean, a Phantom of the Opera, any of these fucking giant huge plays? It was like mysterious. And, I mean, so Hamilton just recently got released on Disney Plus so people can see it streaming uh, on TV. And, I mean, you get very a, a very hip-hop R&B vibe. Um, you know, uh, the, Hamilton has the record for the most words, uh, you know, in a play. And, and I think it's like two. 230 or 240 50 words per minute uh you know so like it, okay. over the course of 60 seconds right. there's over 200 plus words that 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 you know that because of the tempo like because of the rap background kind yeah of? Like yeah hip hop style yeah that's what and, i understand and, it to and be. i mean and you heard but did you hear that Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, it's a mouthful. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> he like the guy who played Hamilton was the creator, was the writer of all the songs, yep. was the guy that put everything together and worked his ass off to make it happen. Absolutely. Not a lot of people know that either. Super talented dude, man. Uh, we, yeah. He had done other stuff. I thought this was like his first thing. I thought he splashed onto the scene with Hamilton. No, but you informed me that he. I guess he had done other stuff. Yeah, because did you hear? I did not. He, he was also a part of broadway you know still in the heights and really in in the heights was a huge thing in the early two well probably late 2000s yeah i want to say mid 2000s yeah yeah, yeah, something Um, like that yeah i don't i don't i don't know in the heights i hadn't heard that one no yeah and uh uh what's the other one uh 
I don't know if it's Moana or Maui. I never know. Moana. It's Moana. It's called Moana. The movie is Moana, and the character played by The Rock is Maui. Okay. See, see, I don't Which know. Which is also a name of a Hawaiian island. Because that song, the, you know, I just want to say you're welcome. You're welcome. That's The Rock. Da, ba, da, da, da. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote that. I didn't uh, know that. You know, the, to the sea, from the sea, by the plant, the sea, Carly. Now I know. Yeah, Lin- yeah, we Manuel. know the melody. We don't <laughs> yeah. know the fucking words. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, he wrote that one. How too? crazy is those that? Those are catchy yeah. as fuck. I, I do not like that movie, but those songs are mad catchy. Well, and we talked about it. never heard of this guy before right? Hamilton. Nope. And, and here he is, Moana writing, Hamilton blowing up, but he was a part of Broadway from way back in the yeah, day, Yeah, his, his greatness kind of makes sense after a little while, you I know? just, like, uh, I want to know kind of what, it, I wonder what his history is with, like, hip-hop. Was this kind of his first foray into hip-hop? I feel like he has to at least be a hip-hop fan. You don't just write some hip-hop thing, thing themed thing. Broadway play in this case, which then blows up to become the biggest hit in the world. Oh no! And you're not a fan of what you just wrote. Even Hamilton, like he said, he was inspired by Eminem and Biggie. Okay, okay, and yeah, yeah. Because like there, there, there are certain like uh, parts of the the songs in the play because the whole play is a song. It just transitions from song to song. Oh, there's no like real speaking parts. There's no like scenes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's all song. Okay. So well, and, no wonder there's so many words in this. Yeah, and th- okay. and there's one part where he's like, you know, this is my shot, and I'm not gonna let it blow. You know, like straight up, he's inspired. Do not miss your chance to yeah. blow. Yeah, because opportunity comes what's in a lifetime. Yo, you oh, better lose yourself. Pretty, mu- pretty, mu- like that was the song that he was reaching out to. Right. At that you moment. could tell he was like but, paying homage yeah, to that. And, and then That's cool. I, I was like Lin Manuel Miranda interviews I was watching, and it, like because I just kind of came up like obsessed of how it was all working or how yeah. he was, you know, his inspirations and stuff. Just juggle all that. Right? And then he said straight up, like, yeah, like there's like specific lines that are almost identical to some of my favorite rappers that I just wanted That's to cool. pay homage to them or, you know, because like That's make cool. it clear that they're my inspiration. And then, so when I heard the, the, the Eminem part, like, this is my shot and I'm not going to let it blow. I'm like, that's fucking Eminem. And I'm like, okay, so he's just inspired. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's cool. So you can kind of hear, you can hear the homage being paid. Yeah, in some yeah, of yeah. It. And uh, <laughs> but I mean, that was uh, that was my last digi here. Well, uh, I got one more, man. It's a real quick one. Okay. We'll end it on this one. Do it. Did you hear fuck, Mary kill, Biden, Bernie, Trump? Fuck Biden, marry Sanders, uh, kill Trump. That's a good answer. Um, I'm going to decline to answer this myself, but I'd be willing to bet after his niece's book was announced, Trump wants to fucking kill Mary. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we hope that you guys enjoy listening as much as we enjoy chatting and shooting this shit. That just about wraps it up for us. You can laugh with us or at us. It does not matter. This is episode 145 of Funny to Informing. I'm John. That's Chris Pizza Beisenberg Coleman. And Coleman, tip your book writers. A place where there isn't any trouble, Cheater? I don't know if there is such thing. Especially not in this quarantine. Okay, I'm gonna sing a song so that we can all be happy and know that we're not alone. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I've heard.
heard of once in a lullaby Somewhere over the rainbow skies are blue and the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true Someday I'll wish upon a star And wake up where the clouds are far behind me Where troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Somewhere Fly over the rainbow Why then, oh why can't I? If happy little bluebirds fly Beyond the rainbow, why, oh, why?